Three, two, one, and go ahead. All right. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the greatest tag team in uh, pop culture podcast history coming at you right here. It is PS Comics. I love you. And this is episode 51, just this and one more to go. And it's the end of season one, and we will take a little uh, nice hiatus. But nonetheless, we are bringing you all the news and notes and all the kind of cool stuff that's going on in the world of pop culture right now. We mm-hmm. are smack dab in the middle of it right now. But without further ado, before we move any forward, allow me to introduce to you, as always, every single week. He is the man who never skips leg day. He is JR, the Dark King, Kamakungan. Uh, you can man. find him. What up? Also, not JR Comics 42. Got to get that cheap plug in there on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And as always, yours truly. Uh, I am, well, my boy, because I introduced him. I'll let him introduce me. The one. <laughs> fair... The one, the only voice of reason, aka Kevin Pillow, aka the man with the mouth. And- Man, the golden ah, tongue. <laughs> I um, I've been watching a lot of Ric Flair promos lately, yeah, so I, I sound like it. Yeah, I tell you I one mean, thing. I want, I've been on a little. I've been on a little kick, bro. Um, mm-hmm. not totally down with Peacock and the new way they're presenting the WWE Network. I miss the old WWE Network. If I were Vince McMahon, I would return the billion dollars to NBC Universal and say. I want to take back what once was mine and make it make the WWE network great again because it it's terrible. But I have delved down the rabbit hole of of content over the last uh, week or so and uh, rewatched Undertaker the last ride and if anybody uh, is a wrestling fan or or just an Undertaker fan or, or whatever I highly recommend that documentary it's on Peacock on the WWE section. It is a six-part series now. They actually added a new episode. Uh, it's a six-part series on the life of Mark Calloway, The Undertaker. So uh, hmm. I know this isn't a shill for the Peacock Network, but it is a cheap plug for The Undertaker, The Last Ride. Highly recommend it. So without further ado, my man, mm-hmm. it is, as we record this, just one, or actually we're just hours away from probably one of the most hyped episodes of Loki, yep. and we are just two days removed uh, as we record this, uh, or actually about two, three days removed from Black Widow finally making its triumphant uh, debut on yep. both Disney Plus Premier Access and, of course, in theaters as we have reopened California. So are the theaters. And uh, JR, I know that we still have not yet made a decision on whether or not we are going to do a watch along for episode 52. Or if we're just going to do a full review, full spoiler, whatever. Um, where are you at on your hype level? And are you going to go see it in the theater? Uh, theaters? No. Um, my hype level was, uh, I think it's the same when I had it for, I think, the first Ant-Man. You know, I'm like, I'm going to go into it open-minded. Um, I'm definitely excited that, one, yeah, Scarlett Johansson finally getting a movie. You know, finally get her own movie. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, but two, I'm just excited, you know, to see what comes out from it. You know, like yeah. what are we gonna see from either the Black Widow storyline, and who's gonna inevitably, you know, hold up the mantle, Black Widow or whatever have you. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for Florence Pug. 
I'm excited for uh, the other uh, the other characters that are in Black Widow. Hopefully, they'll make an appearance elsewhere. Because I do know that Florence Pug is I think that's her name, Pug or Pug. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, she, I know that she's gonna be in Hawkeye because she's now credited to be in Hawkeye as her character. So that's gonna be a cool thing to say. Um, well, but, yeah, and I would say also, um, rumor has it uh, as before we get a news notes. I don't think you had this in your news and notes, but mm-hmm. um, rumor has it uh, that speaking of Scarlett Johansson, yeah, according to comicbook.com, page Disney six is reporting that Scarlett's pregnant, uh, oh. um, of course, with her newest husband, um, yeah, that would be. Married. Colin Jost of yeah. a Saturday Night Live. Yep. Um, so um, whom that's why she's done a lot of press. Yeah, whom they've been she's been dating since like what 2017, ever since she uh was divorced Something from her like first that. husband. Yeah. Yeah, this would this would if she is indeed pregnant, this would be her second child. Of course, yeah. her first husband was her first child. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. we will, of course, when it becomes official, we will we'll talk about it. Good for you if you are Scarlet. Uh, if not, damn damn you, page six for once again. Uh, getting something wrong so let's get right into it it is the season of summer movies yep. and what comes with summer movies jr is typically trailers for future summer movies or that holiday season and uh let's get right into it for the umpteenth millionth time amazon getting in on the action this time amazon mm-hmm. is putting their twist on a classic tale that has been done by numerous studios over numerous decades, we are getting Amazon's Cinderella. And it has uh, got a, tra- a teaser trailer out with a release date of September 3rd of this year. JR, mm-hmm. they, they jokingly talk about how Hollywood has completely ran out of things to do. That's why they're on this comic book kick, or they just keep rehashing like people that, that crap on how coming, how many more times can they do Spider-Man? How many more times can they do Batman? How many more times mm-hmm. can they do Superman? That they run out of ideas. No one ever talks about how the fact that they've done at least five different Cinderella since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, it's it, technically at this point, you know, people are gonna uh, are people are gonna associate Cinderella with Disney because Disney is the most probably the most famous one out of all of them. Even though yeah. people tend to forget that you know it's a, I think a Brothers Grimm story, if I'm correctly, or it's yeah, a German it's, story. So it's, it's German fairy tale. Yeah, I think it is. I want to say it's a Brothers Grimm or it's a um, whatever the other one. Uh, there's, yeah. there's a. I think it is a Brothers Grimm story, but of course, I think it it's was not, shortly after yeah. shortly after the turn of the century, going into the twentieth century. Yeah, it's, um, it became. Yeah. It's public, definitely not public domain. Yeah, it's the after. It's definitely not going to be taken representative of the Brothers Grimm story because that would be insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the, it's definitely a different iteration of the Disney story, which yeah. uh, or the more rep- widely represented because one is Camila Cabello, you know, and it's gonna. The trailer looks very much uh, I would expect out of a Disney film, you know, yeah, a live action Disney film. But at the same time, like, hey man, it's it's whatever, you know, cool. Yeah. And so it's just basically for you know for all those little girls coming up that have uh, have that will see Cinderella different in a different light. Right now, I think the Cinderella that I grew up with, of course, is going to be the traditional, uh, yeah, the traditional Disney one, as well as as well as the Brandy one. I, I was going to say the Brandy one, and of course, there was one I think Disney did, and it was like their attempt at doing a live action Cinderella, but it was kind of 
came in, came out. So there's, I think there's been four different versions of Cinderella counting the yeah. animated one from back in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like JR says, the Brothers Grimm, you know, are typically, are, have been the authors of a lot of the um, modern fairy yeah. tales, so to speak, that we see turned into the Disney animated features. Yeah. And people, like JR said, it associates, you say Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Little Mermaid, um, the, the all of them. Little Mermaid. Those are all immediately associated with Disney, which rightfully so, they've done an incredible job at, in with their animation. But those were books. They were they were books or short stories or whatnot. Um, yeah. And like Jr. says, the Brothers Grimm. You do it word for word. It's not. They're not fairy tales. They're almost horror stories. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I think in Cinderella, of course, we know this classic story. Spoiler alert: that she loses the glass slipper at the ball. Um, Prince Charming goes from house to house to try to find the foot that matches. Uh, but isn't it something like they find a sever? It's a severed foot or something like that. And they try to some, find the yeah. Well, it's some some crazy weird. yeah. It's some crazy like like I think uh, the air, the Little Mermaid one was is yeah. All Little Mermaid is fucked. It's yeah. all kind of effed Sorry, up. Sorry, I couldn't hear what you I said. I wasn't talking to you, Siri. Goodness. <laughs> go go yeah. sit in the corner, Siri. Yeah, so definitely for uh but again, but then again, you know, for those for those of us, for those kids too, who I don't know if you are watching let's see in this. If you have if you've read any type of like modern day comic, you know what you're in for, specifically if you read the Grim yeah. stories, though. But other than that, man, just kind of moving on, a pair of jungle tra- uh, a pair of jungle cruise trailers that have released also. Uh yeah, that's coming movie. out this this month. Yeah, that's come out this month, and so you see this uh, this very rock esque movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, and um, you know, I don't have mm. high Oscar level expectations out of this movie. I don't have really high expectations out of it. I expect to have fun yeah. and and enjoy time with my family. There we are already discussing. There's a possibility we go see this in the theater as a family. Um, but then there's also a possibility that we throw down the $30 and yeah. see it on premier access. But I think it comes out while we are, um, you guys are on away vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we may not see it, um, in theaters after all, but, uh, I don't know. It's gonna be tough to do two premier access movies in one month, but no. you know, 30 bucks is 30 is 30 bucks. It's what you're yeah. gonna spend to go to the theater anyways. Yeah. I mean, if anything too, like the, the trailers, uh, the movie itself looks like it's, it, it looks, it looks, what I would expect out of a out of a Rocky Johnson movie type of thing. Out of a Dwayne Johnson movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's fun. You're gonna get your money's worth. Hmm. You're gonna throw some popcorn back and, and just have a good time. Hmm. That too. Uh, Don't breathe. Two trailer came out. Um, for those of them, uh, it's continuation of Don't Breathe One, where it had to do with three would be. Um, robbers i guess breaking i don't know into, much about the yeah, you have it, to refresh me on this one it's basically what happened was is three would-be robbers broke into a house uh, that is that is uh uh that is owned by an old man who's blind uh, but he has this super i don't know it's like it's a horror film it's a horror film where the blind man is actually the the uh, the killer slasher right and oh okay i think i remember such this an one. acute sense of hearing that he knows he, if you make any type of noise or movement, he knows exactly where you are, something. And I 
briefly watched the first one. You know, it was one definitely one of those things like, all right, why should I care about three would be, you know, uh, robbers robbing a house, right? Even if yeah. one of them is if you even if one of them is a girl, I'm like, whatever, you know. Uh, I will, I kind of tune in and out of the movie, so it, it's all I know that it was sparked enough sparked enough um uh good faith, I guess, to to warrant a second film. But here we are. The one thing I am where the one thing that I am super excited about is the Walking Dead season eleven teaser trailer that came out this week as well. Is the final season finally? Uh, it, this is yeah the major COVID delayed yeah. um, uh, uh, version of the. I think the Walking Dead this was supposed to come out. Um, this is the uh, second half, right? Or is mm-hmm. this it's the first part? It's the first part. Okay, so was, did we already get the the part two of the of the later season, season? nine? Yeah. Of, okay, uh, okay. of season 10 they did that uh, they, they released the last couple of episodes i think earlier this year and now they're, they're because they're, uh, inevitably we were supposed to start season 11 already right in the first half of the year and then they would probably finish off in the second half of the year because uh I, they were still i think i'm pretty sure they're still doing the two rick movies i think uh but as of right now it's just that it, this is all we're getting at the moment which is cool I mean, I for me have, have been a big fan of the show for a very, very long time. I will say now that you know the comic has ended, uh, it is a, it is taking a very much different turn, different take from the comics because one, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, you know we uh, freaking the sun is not alive. <laughs> so <laughs> when you have when you have a uh, Carl alive literally live at the very end of the, the comic books, right? As basically another iteration, iteration of, of his dad, Rick. Like, you'd think that he would still make it near the end, but no. And so uh, it's taking definitely different takes. Like, a lot of people that are still there, comic-wise, shouldn't be there, comic-wise, type of thing. So, yeah. Overall, I'm, so, I'm still kind of excited, you know, to see how this, how, to see yeah. how this plays out. I mean, it's 11 years. So. I'm, I've never got into... The Walking Dead. I've never fancied myself a zombie fan, and again, the The Walking Dead is. I think early on, I was very like cynical towards it because I was like, "Oh God, just get off this zombie kick! No one cares." Like, it's like I didn't care about Shaun of the Dead. I didn't care about the uh, uh, the Night of the Living Dead. You not care? I just I don't get it. I don't get the obsession with zombies and it they they freak me out i don't do well with horror movies anyways uh but i've watched a couple episodes of the walking dead um and i know it's different it's not it's really not zombie centric i mean it's like the backdrop so to speak and it's a very character driven show and um maybe i'll I'll give it another shot maybe when, when it's all done i'll just do a straight binge on it um, but I, I mean, it's the the actors who've come out of it. I mean, you have um, obviously like someone like, I can't think of the actor's name, but I mean, the woman who plays Okoye uh, yeah. from the Marvel Cinematic Universe is from there. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Rooker uh, started there. Uh, I know he only I think he was like just in the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, season, yeah. I, I, I've learned to appreciate it where it stands in pop culture and don't hate on it as much. And it's one again, it's one of those shows where I may not watch it, but I'm not going to root against it. So, yeah. um, yeah, maybe we'll, I'll link the, uh, the trailer or some of these other trailers to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash PS comics. I love you. Um, 
moving to a, a a trailer I have seen a couple of times, and a show that I absolutely uh, am just I will say this till the day I die, uh, and no one will ever be able to argue uh, uh, me off my uh, off my pedestal. You can throw Breaking Bad, you can throw Dexter at me, you can throw Deadwood, you can throw The Walking Dead, you can throw Game of Thrones, you can even throw Friends and Seinfeld at me. No one will ever convince me otherwise that David Chase's The Sopranos is not the greatest television show that was ever created. I've said that for years. I will take it to my grave. There's nothing that can beat it. And finally, and I said finally, we have gotten The Sopranos movie that we never knew we needed, but we long uh, that what we long needed and that is the many saints of newark a soprano story now uh this trailer came out about a week or so ago um and it was kind of advertised jr as a um a story about tony soprano young tony soprano yeah prequel and i think and i think it it, it kind of still is um and obviously it stars uh James Gandolfini's son, real life son, mm. playing young Tony Soprano. So obviously, you know, it's a young James Gandolfini, or sorry, it's James Gandolfini's real life son playing a younger version of his dad's most prolific character. Mm. Um, and I, I, I contend that Tony Soprano is arguably one of the greatest television characters, too, of all time. I'm just such a homer for the Sopranos. Um, but this is a great trailer because it kind of tells you it's not just a Tony Soprano story. And right in the name, it's, it's finally giving us a, a backstory on one of the most uh, talked about characters in the original series that never appeared in the original series. And that is Dickie Moltisanti. And you're going, well, wait a minute, why do I know that name? If you're a Sopranos fan, you're wondering, why does that name sound, sound familiar? And that is because Christopher Moltisanti, of course, uh, the, the second lead, Tony's young nephew, uh, that's his dad. Um, and um, of course, it's Tony's uncle. But of course, you know, in, hmm. in the Sopranos, everyone's uncle and cousins and nephews and whatever. Uh, but we get to see a little bit. Of, and also Ray Liotta, once again, playing in a mob movie. Go figure. Um, and uh, it, it just looks really good. The reason I say it's talking about uh, it, the movie or the show. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Actually, the movie. God, God yeah. I can't, can't get out of my head. That it's a Sopranos movie. Uh, the movie is probably going to be geared towards Dickie Moltisanti is because Moltisanti means in Italian, many saints, hence the many saints of Newark. So um, I learned a little tidbit on online. They were talking about mm. the breakdown of it, but uh, it looks great. Great cast. Um, the uh, the other actress, God, I can't think of her name right now. I'm going to have to pull it up. Um, yes. But she was in... Um, she was actually in uh, The Departed, which I absolutely loved her in. And that is uh, Vera F- uh, Farmiga. She oh, Farmiga. plays young uh, yeah. Olivia Soprano. Vera um, Farmiga, for those who don't know, not only is she, she uh, going to be attached to this movie, she's also the original Phoenix from X-Men, in the X-Men series. So Vera Farmiga, she, I'm happy that she is still getting work. Wait, she was? Yeah, Vera Farmiga. Am she I not thinking of the same... Am I not thinking of the same actress? Are you? Is it the same person? I'm. I'll no, I think it. you're thinking of the wrong actress, bro. Vera Farmiga is from the is from the depart the Departed, Orphan, Up in the Air. 
um, The Conjuring, um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Unless, yeah, you're thinking of someone else. Okay, is the, the original Jean Grey? The original Jean Grey because I'm. This is a very. But they both have very unusual, very names. similar names. Yeah. Um. Uh. Both uh, the the, the, uh, the uh, God, I can't think of her name because it's such an unusual name. I do um, remember the, from the Conjuring, though. I do. I will say that I do remember from Conjuring, but the most... and I do remember her from uh, from King of the Monsters. So, like I said, yeah. I absolutely. Um. I, I love that. I think the the, the um, King of the Monsters was probably my favorite of the Godzilla. Uh, um movies um the actor it was you're thinking it was famke jansen right. who played gene gray who also is a fabulous actress very underrated right. kind of did made a made a career out of indie films and again with the exception of x-men uh one two and three um GoldenEye, so i'll give the thumb to that that's right she was she in golden eye mm-hmm. um no foreplay um that was i just remember uh, pierce brosnan saying that to her um but uh yeah no um all saying the many saints of new york a soprano story releases in fall of 2021 and it will be in theaters and hbo max uh i'm extremely looking forward to that i know that i will get to have the the uh, the tv all to myself when that comes out because my wife just hates the sopranos um she doesn't do real well with the mob movies um i never really get into the sopranos myself particularly like i've always been a fan of mob movies but like I, don't know. I just never really get into the frontals himself. I, I'm, I'll probably be, be definitely be one on the the take of like what you're doing was it with Walking Dead. I'll probably do this. Probably do they sit down and binge it? Possibly, you know, just see. How it's I a feel about very it. bingeable series. Yeah, it's um, it's a very yeah. It's probably right around the same length too of Walking Dead. It's about so, you know it's it's I think they're they vary between because it was a, the way HBO was was I think they, they were like between. Season, yeah, there are 13 to 15 episodes season, um, mm-hmm. and they're nine seasons, but one of them was broken up during the writer strike. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyways, and nonetheless, uh, if you if you haven't watched it and you are a fan of mob movies, you know, like Goodfellas and Casino and The yeah. Departed and stuff like that, it's it's a must-watch. Um James Gandolfini is he's perfect. He's just oh, that's the best way to describe it. He is perfect in uh, that that movie, um, the mother, the one, the woman who plays uh, Olivia uh, Soprano in, in the original series, is, is also fantastic. Um, it, it's it's a great cast. The whole cast was great, but James Gandolfini was uh, just like I said, perfect in that yeah. role. And 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 uh, probably Jan, you're perfect in any role he's ever really done. But before I get uh, too far down the rabbit hole on my fanboy of the Sopranos, let's get to something before. that I know. <laughs> I know for a fact when this trailer dropped on, I think it was on Sunday. Is it Saturday or Sunday? Hmm. When this dropped, I immediately thought of Jr. and went, mm-hmm. "He is fanboy, probably even bordering on fangirling. He's probably squealing with such delight over this um, because I was. Uh, I think it looks cool, mm-hmm. and that is Star Wars Visions. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, this is not a crossover between Marvel and Star Wars." Um, this is a um, Lucasfilms handing over the animated keys to the car of their of their animation department to uh, I think it's what six of the largest anime studios in in Asia. It's one of them. It's it's definitely one of 
just for just for those who not uh, aren't with us yet, at, at Star Wars Visions teaser trailer came out, of course, and that um, it's basically a huge anthology story series, right? Kind of similar to that of like Batman, uh, what Bat, what Batman, what they did with Batman, and the Matrix back in the day, where they just gave a bunch of anthology stories to, you know, these huge um, these huge movies, and then you know they gave anime divisions. Uh, it's anime studios in Japan, very prominent ones, and they just did a bunch of like short story films, right? Yeah, very similar in this sense. And yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the the studios in this are very well known, well rounded ones. And there are still some ones that I don't, that I still haven't, you know, necessarily recognized. Like oh, there's one that was called Studio Corido, Corido where I. I'm not really familiar with their work. There's another one. There is a single, there's a singular artist there named Kamazaki Dogu, Doga, who is going to be doing, um, who is going to be doing or heading most of the art of the, of like the one or two stories that the, that each of these companies will do. But yeah, man, it's like a bunch of these uh, legend, a bunch of these studios, man, are like, wow, I can't believe they got them type of thing. And I'm hoping. Too, yeah, this was a big get. Yeah, well, I'm hoping too that because of the the recent controversies with Netflix, with studios specifically, uh, Studio Mappa, who did for those of uh, for those who know um, Jujutsu Kaisen series, which is going to be probably anime of the year, as well as uh, Attack on Titan the final season, like yeah, they Studio Mappa is doing uh, Yosuke, which is the which is the the first black samurai that the the uh, the historically first black samurai that that um was a retainer in nobunaga oda's um army where netflix is paying them shit complete fucking shit and that um yeah that that needs to be fucking you know talked about notes i'm hoping that that disney uh, the star wars division is not going to take that approach and just pay these people because these guys are going to make some freaking fire specifically uh studio trigger which is in it uh cinema citrus freaking project ig i'm talking about some legends bro studio trigger is doing two films called the elder and the twins and they're the makers of the famous kill a kill darling the franks and they're also having another one up too i think in the later in the later part of this year or next year um cinema citrus is doing the village bride they did rising the shield hero which is one of my freaking favorite uh, animes of 2019 2019 studio Clorito, which i talked about they're doing tattooing rhapsody gene studio doing lop and ocho uh they they uh, did an anime called golden kamui um science Saru is doing tp and b1 uh, tpb1 and akikari akikiri uh they did Lou over the wall and a bunch of other like these um like uh how do i say lu uh science Saru is very if you if people know studio ghibli's they're studio ghibli adjacent type of thing where they make these one-off stories project ig which is probably the most well-renowned uh studio within this whole bunch right specifically in anime they're doing the ninth jedi which is gonna be fucking sick because i've seen some of the stuff for that one i'm like okay they're gonna put some. They're gonna put some stuff. This. They're the guys that did Ghost in the Shell, Haikyuu, Fully Coolie. They're gonna be doing a bunch of other stuff too. For I'm pretty sure a lot of people who watch anime, especially in the states, they they if they don't know project, if they don't know production IG by name, they probably know them by anime. So they probably did a lot of your favorite animes. Kamazaki Dogu, like I said before, he's doing the duel, which is um, which uh, it, it's crazy because he's the guy. It's like me. I 
for sure it's gonna be a uh, a CG oriented battle because he did Batman Ninja or he helped helm Batman Ninja CG. He also did a bunch of CG animations and cutscenes for a bunch of like Japanese video games. But I'm super super excited for this one because like like for a very very long time, Star Wars is basically like we said before and like what uh, what George said before. It's a combination of like East and West where like the Jedi are basically samurai. Like their mm-hmm. code is samurai. Like it is the Bushido code, and it is very much living the way. Like freaking, uh, well, uh, Lucas oh, has said that he it, yeah. a lot of it is based on Kurosawa films. Yeah, on Kurosawa films as well as well. Like the whole the whole origin of the Force and being one with the Force is basically yin and yang. It it's is very Eastern, Eastern, Western, or Eastern, Eastern philosophy and, and, and religion. So yeah, while of course freaking the um uh the, the bounty hunters the the <laughs> I mean, like it's it's. I, I'm pretty sure I've made it known before in the past, uh, in a past Star Wars episode, where like, yeah, the um, the Mandalorians are the gunslingers of the West, while the Jedi's are the samurais of the East. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure I've said that before. Oh, yeah. So, like, it is easily retain. It is easily you know retainable for that. And not only that, but, but I'm pretty sure Dave Filoni is is definitely fucking like super excited for this too. And he, can, and he cannot wait because he's a huge anime fan as well. And so oh, just yeah. seeing this right well, here. It, they, they, they've even excited. said, yeah. I think in one of the teaser trailers, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off because you brought up a great point, um, that a, a lot of these, uh, I think there's reading one of the reports that some of these animators met with Dave Filoni and John Favreau, and they are very much involved that almost like the, the business operation of Lucasfilm is being hand by, handled by kathleen kennedy but the day-to-day operations of the of the star wars universe um and and what goes on with the production of lucasfilm projects is being handed by filoni and, and favreau and i know yeah. that um right now they have a non-star wars uh, uh project in production and that of course is indiana jones 5 which has had a had a little setback with indy getting hurt on set with the harrison Ford getting hurt so um you know, you know, Jane, uh, sorry, Kathleen Kennedy's got her hands full. So having someone like um, Filoni and Favreau step up, and I think, like you said, uh, Filoni being the huge anime fan he, he is, uh, this is right up his alley. He's got to be just geeking out. Oh, um, while we're on the subject of Star Wars, and I am really stoked. I'm not an anime fan by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't hate on it, but it just, I, it doesn't, a lot of it doesn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um this intrigues me because it does take, um, like you said, the Star Wars idea, the whole concept, uh, like Jair said, of Star Wars, the Jedi, the lightsaber, uh, the the light, and you know the Force, and 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 and, uh, and mm-hmm. the dark side. Very Eastern philosophy, very Eastern religion based. So it's just it's only fitting that. Um, a, a culture that has embraced this this franchise for over 40 years hmm. uh, really finally gets to put their stamp uh, their stamp on it other than being the inspiration for this entire franchise hmm. uh, so yeah I, I'm interested in it to pay to pay homage myself to to the to the creators um, but to be, maybe maybe you can flip me maybe you can finally make me an anime fan um, I just I think the closest thing you're going to get to anime with me is Pokemon. So um, hmm. I know that my um, my daughter is enjoyed uh, 
um oh, what's the big fluffy cat's name that was like just recently an anime film and it's like the little girl sees the cat or something like that um i can't think of the movie it's like on hbo max it's you're probably, you're probably thinking about um a um a studio ghibli film where that that is like very much studio ghibli is basically uh in story-wise is disney of the east and yeah like, yeah, yeah and, and, and very much that uh, school. yeah um now it's gonna it's, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna it's gonna bug me what it is but nonetheless you know i my, my sister enjoyed watching the old not just the, the americanized version of it but like even the 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 heavily dubbed uh, versions of like uh, Sailor Moon and whatnot back uh, as a kid back in the in the mid nineties and late nineties. So um, that's the extent of, of anime yeah. for me. Real quick before we move on, you're probably wondering why I threw up the black and white on the background here. If you're watching the YouTube channel, flashing the uh, the colors of the New World Order NWO for life. I can't forget for life. I uh, know I'm not, not as cool as Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, or Kevin Nash, but this week, JR, you want to make yourself feel old, bro? This week, bro, 25th anniversary of the creation of the No World Order and WCW, and arguably one of the greatest factions in professional wrestling history, of course, uh, culminated with the immortal Hulk Hogan flipping and becoming what they call a heel, if you're not down with, uh, with wrestling lingo. And basically kicking the old red and red and yellow to the curb and be in flash the black and white for mm. oh many, many years. But a 25 year anniversary of the creation of the NWO. Fun fact for you I was listening to Scott Hall do a podcast a couple of weeks ago to this day, 25 years later, both himself, Kevin Nash and, and Hulk Hogan all receive at least a hundred thousand dollars each. Nice. In merchandise royalties on the NWO brand from the WWE to this day. In nice. 2020, they made six figures on NWO branding merchandise uh, featuring their likeness in one year. And that's 25 years removed from the creation. That's just crazy. That's how much the black and white uh, rocked for so many years. I'm just happy. Um, that, I'm happy that's, uh, that was it. That's, uh, that Scott Hall is getting any form of freaking money oh, now dude so he's completely changed his life the guy actually if we can nerd out on wrestling for a second here mm -hmm. um scott hall jr's talking about if you don't know scott hall of course one half of the quote outsiders he was also known as razor ramon back in the old wwf days in the late or the uh the mid 90s Mm -hmm. Scott Hall, <laughs> aka the bad guy um he he you know he's the toothpick flicks it hey yo um, had a little problem with substance abuse, would show up to wrestling shows drunk, high, effed up in the head, whatever. Um, dude was on death's door, door, uh, doorstop. And um, finally, a guy, another guy by the name of Diamond Dallas Page uh, grabbed him and said, bro, you, 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 that's literally what he said. Bro, you come with me. You're going to stay with me. You're going to stay in my house. You're going to stay under my rules. And he made him do, of all things, yoga. And it saved his life. Um, yeah. Scott Hall is one of, if not, and this, you ask any wrestler um, from the Indies up to Hall of Famers, uh, Scott Hall is one of the greatest minds of all time in the business. And I know that Vince McMahon will, Vince McMahon, and in the case DDP, will do whatever they, they can to preserve that mind because he's actually gone back and he's given back to the, to the youth. 
And this is a guy who is very about all about me, bro. He left WWF to go down to, to, to Atlanta and, and wrestle yeah. WCW for more money, less dates. And now he's hanging out with his buddy, Shawn Michaels in Orlando, teaching the young kids. And uh, I do, bro, you live in Orlando. Yeah. You're making probably six figures a year uh, from Vince McMahon. Plus you're getting your NWO royalties. Mm-hmm. What's better than that, Chico? Yeah, I'd, I'd be Scott Hall any day of the week. Kevin Nash, big sexy. I mean, dude can cash yeah. checks all day long in Hollywood and then Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. It's but I'm de- I'm definitely happy for for uh for Scott Hall, man, because I remember seeing one particular video where yeah, he was uh he was supposed to be wrestling at like the age of like what 50 something, and he looks like he's 80. Oh, yeah, he does not look good. And the guy was he was supposed to wrestle, like, dude, like. I don't want to wrestle Scott Hall. Are you kidding me? You can't do that. And so, like, uh, it, like, yeah, it was, it was. I a was at a show. show. Yeah, it was, it was. Uh, no. Was two t- thousand three. I was with a uh, with a friend of mine uh, at a UPW show, uh, Ultimate Pro Wrestling. It's in Anaheim. Uh, they, for the longest time, were what they call a feeder fed for the WWF, mm. and they were doing an anniversary show. And Vince sent a bunch of wrestlers to this event in, in Anaheim. Um, it's a little venue just next to Anaheim stadium. And we went and one of the pe- people they sent was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And I was like, bro, I get to see the freaking outsiders wrestle. And Scott Hall came out and I'm like, Oh man, he has effed up. And Ke- uh, Kevin Nash bless his heart, did everything he could to keep that guy standing on two feet but it was just a shit show. But he's got his he's got his act together. Good for him. Yeah. I know that Jr. You, you seem like you you kind of got a a little bit of a, a a little bit of a fanboy left in you for uh, the bad guy. Um, but I've been. I mean, hey man, like all all the early all the late nineties, early two thousands. This all I my next door neighbor Adam Adam Perez, man, he's still around, bro. Like I would always go to him for all for all the WrestleManias, all the. All SummerSlam, oh, everything for both for WC for WCW and the, uh, and for WWF back in the day, right? So like, yeah, I one week we'd rock freaking NWO, the next week we'd be rock freaking um we rock a uh, Generation X, really. so Generation X, always been my childhood, man. So I can't like I'm as a as a as an older adult as an adult now and looking at how like the wrestling the wrestling business has fucked over a lot of my favorite wrestlers. I'm more than happy. I am way more than happy that that Scott Hall is getting a getting a thousand a hundred thousand dollars just for like stuff he did way back in the day man oh yeah gotta love it and again this goes back to what i talked about before really go back if you get a chance if you've got peacock it's on the wwe section Mm -hmm. again we're not getting paid for this but it's just i'm a fan of this stuff and i want to help push the fans to stuff that i know that you guys are going to enjoy that's why sometimes jr and i will reference shows and podcasts and other content because we know we're we're not we don't first of all let you know we're not getting paid to do this matter of no. fact if you if you broke it down jr and i are probably losing money on this podcast if honestly if honestly we shouldn't we should not be promoting this but 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 at the same time we're all about telling you fans what you can and can enjoy um a couple of things one it's nwo week if you're a big nwo fan go check it out on wwe.com they've got all kinds of cool yeah. content um and uh like i said uh they're gonna do all kinds of old nwo videos on uh, on the Peacock ne- network on the, on the WWE section, mm-hmm. and uh, alongside, if you have a chance, go check out that Undertaker thing because it talks about what Jarrett's mentioning is 
there are a lot of guys that get effed over and um but really and truly and i know it's a it's probably a suck fest um because it's produced by the wwe but uh, at the end of the day vince will take care of people who took care of him um that yeah he screwed he, he he's admitted he screwed some people over but at the same time it was like did i really did i really screw you over or were you just so bad at what you did and and didn't know how to handle it like like he gave so many people different he gave scott multiple multiple chances but yeah. that's a story we, we should, you know what, probably in season two, let us know in the comments below. If you're watching on YouTube, send us an email, PS comics. I love you at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you want us to do a wrestling show, maybe we'll do that. SummerSlam, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe survivor series and definitely maybe WrestleMania next year, which by the way, couple of years, WrestleMania in Los Angeles at sure. Sophie stadium. That's going to be dope. Can't wait for that. Right. Speaking of on- Los Angeles, speaking of Los Angeles, uh, uh-huh. With me on this one was in LA last week. Saw this guy's pretty mug all over LA, and that is Chris Pratt. He's not doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing the Tomorrow War on Amazon Prime. Right. You seem to know a little bit more about this, Jr. What the hell is this movie about? Because it, it was all over the place in LA. I mean, like, if any, it's definitely one of those things where, like, if I say it, you know the film already, type of thing, you know. So it's basically, let's say a, a war happens. A, a all I'm gonna say is a war happens sometime in the future, and that time travel. That's it. Okay. All you're getting, all you get from me, because it's definitely one of those things where if you see the ta- if you see the the teaser trailer, you probably watched the movie. <laughs> you had me at Chris Pratt's, but yeah, you know. Um... So like that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, that's it, man. So a bunch of yeah, new releases, movies, and shows just happening this week. And one of them is, of course, the Tomorrow War. Now that came out, I think, last week. I think near the end of last week. So that's where you've been out on HBO Prime. Oh no, on Amazon Prime. HBO Prime. Amazon Prime. And those who wish another another film from from a, an amazing Angelina Jolie is coming oh, out. Yeah. Those who wish me dead. Those who wish me dead. And um, that one reminds me of a video game called Firewatch, where it, it takes place in a huge mountain terrain, forest terrain, and so. Looks good. Looks really good. Uh, um, it's a different take where it has nature, but at the same time, people are hunting this child that Angelina Jolie is protecting. So, those who wish me dead is going to be. It's going to be released on HBO Max, Apple TV, Google Play, Amazon Prime, all the other, um, all the probably a lot more um, other streaming services. I think it is also going to be out on on theaters, if I remember correctly. I don't. I I can't recall if it is or not. But then you can definitely watch it on HBO Max, Apple TV, and all those other ones. One of my favorite things coming out soon is not going to be releasing just yet, but then Resident Evil Infinite Darkness is going to be releasing on Netflix this Thursday. Cannot wait for that one. Looks pretty interesting. Looks pretty cool. I will say I'm I'm hoping the CG animation is going to up. It's it's going to be a little bit better because like some of the other terrain like terrain type of stuff that I saw was kind of eh. But you know, hey, as long as Leon Kenny looks like Leon Kenny and Claire Redfield looks like Claire Redfield, I'm fine with that. So cool. And one thing that I do know is coming out this week, my friend, is, of course, we talked about before, Black Widow released this in theaters this Friday. Stars yeah. Scott Johansson and at the aforementioned Florence Pug, as well as, um, I forgot his name. I forgot oh, his name. I knew you were going to ask me. I know, I'm going to ask you. Uh, it's, uh, I mean. He's the dude from, um, he's the dude from uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. He, he, he did freaking. David Harbour. David Harbour, he was also, of course, 
the recent he's the recent iteration of Hellboy and another movie he just Which I had high hopes for. I mean I did not. <laughs> yes, we got Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, uh David Harbour, Rachel Weiss, uh mm-hmm. OT Fagbini um uh and um william hurt uh you know him as thunderbolt ross uh it's a great cast uh i can't name any other names i mean you can go look it up on imbb if you really want to but i think if i name any other names it's going to spoil stuff but nonetheless it's a great flick i know because i've seen it not trying to flex or anything but i am um but i i can definitely say hey it's it's a good flick and um, and I think I think you guys should watch. It. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch a movie of that caliber on opening night uh, at home. Um, yeah. I think we've become a little spoiled uh, mm-hmm. with with that. Um, and oh, by the way, to go back, yeah. uh, those who wish me dead, uh, that movie is on all the platforms that Jared mentioned. It actually already has been in theaters, ah. um, so it is actually going to hit all these these platforms, like Jr. said. So. Hey, um, I believe it was an early May release for. Yeah, I was actually. No, ask you, I was actually going to ask you a question, man. Since you were the aforementioned per, a man with the plan, who did watch the uh, the Black Widow uh, movie at you know at the premiere, would you yeah, like to talk the, about that? The uh, the 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 um, oh, what's it called? The, the oh, god dang it. <laughs> not that i want to call it the el presidente but it's not <laughs> it's called uh oh i forgot what movie i went and saw it at the the el capitan that's what it was okay. not the el presidente the el capitan okay. um i'm an idiot um i don't want to say anything about the movie specifically yeah. other than um just there's um who was it that, that described? Oh, uh, I think it was comicbookmovie.com's review, mm-hmm. I think, sums it up perfectly. Okay. It's one part James Bond, one part Jason Bourne, um, and one part Terminator. Okay. Best way to describe it. Uh, I think that um, it was a lot of fun, uh, action-packed, uh, for a Marvel movie, good acting. Um, I really enjoyed the cast. I mean, is it going to win an Oscar for best acting? Probably not, but I thought it was uh, well done. Um, and the uh, just it, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I can't say anything. I want to desperately. It's been a rough couple of days, uh, rough week uh, since I went and saw it, because obviously it would have been one week ago today as we record this that I went and saw it. Um, but hopefully for some of you, maybe as you listen to this, you have already seen it, um, on Friday, or maybe you're going to see it on Friday. Yep. Um, I do recommend not for anything particular, not for any particular reasons, wink, uh, I would, uh, watch all the credits. Mm. Just going to say that, um, cool, cool. I don't think that's spoiling anything. And it is it's common knowledge at this point. <laughs> I can't even say that. Nope, I'm not going to say anything else. I was gonna, I was gonna say something that may tip my hand, but um, cool, cool, cool. Let's yeah, we, let's ooh, just, that, yeah. You know what? 
We'll leave it at that. Just enjoy forward. all things Marvel and enjoy Black Widow on Friday. Yeah. And uh, I know uh, I am definitely watching it again uh, this weekend, if not Friday night. So, yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, definitely enjoy that. Scar Jo is finally in her first leading leading role as yes. as the main character in a Marvel flick. So, props to her, man. I'm hoping we won't see the last of her. Maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe. Um, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. So, well, no, 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 no. She did an interview where she kind of said that she's done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not spoiling anything. No, okay. we obviously know, guys. This is not spoiling the movie. Black Widow takes place between Before. Civil War and Infinity War. Yeah, Natasha Romanoff. Spoiler alert from Avengers Endgame dies in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's a movie based in the past. We've already seen her future. She has tipped her hand saying that she's kind of done. Yeah. But I think at the same time, Kevin Feige did quoted something earlier this week saying, I will find something for her to do. Yeah. Uh, so um which is, like, which is great because like like we've said before, Kevin Feige has been like one of the great glue guys for the Marvel universe, right? For the MCU. And he's like definitely been that guy ever since he's been handed the key to the kingdom. Right. And they told the other dude to fuck off. Yeah. Like I understand why Scarlet wants wanted to stay back in the day because one, they had RDJ, Chris Pratt, uh, no, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, a bunch of gr- like really like a bunch of great stars in that film. The first stable, basically yeah. of the mcu and so of course of course you would want to stay because freaking it's rdj it's rdj and chris evans so of course you would want to stay but moving on to that guys we have now going into some gaming news yeah yeah uh, gaming news that i'm actually pretty super excited for man specifically um a bunch of sony stuff actually before i go into the sony stuff this was just announced this was just yes. announced a couple hours ago a new switch with an oled model uh um screen has just been announced man for the nintendo Yes, that was announced earlier this morning, uh, yep. like Jared mentioned. Um, I watched uh, a couple of videos on it. Also, I want to give a shout out to a fellow YouTuber podcast host, uh, John uh, Austin John Plays. Did a full breakdown of uh, the new Switch OLED model, mm-hmm. is what they're, they're calling it. Um, there's, it's not the Nintendo Switch Pro. It's not. It's just called the Nintendo Switch. Parentheses OLED model. Yeah. Um, First and foremost, because you're going to want to know, $350 right out the gate. Okay? Hear me out. Um, you're wondering why pay $50 more. Now, the casing of the Switch, exactly the same. The, the Joy-Cons, exactly the same. The model comes with a red and blue version, much like you've seen with uh, other ver- versions of the Switch. Uh, the main version, uh, the kind of the, <clears throat> the, the tent pole version of this OLED model is a first time ever white joy cons on each side um it is a slightly larger screen by about i think they said by about a half a it's like about like a half a centimeter or something like that so it is technically a larger screen yeah the true resolution has not yet been announced but uh supposedly it is full 1080p um uh handheld which is not bad but of course when you dock it it's whatever display you're playing it on Mm -hmm. um but it the output on it is uh from what i understand between 720 and and 1080p so still not bad that you have a high definition handheld Mm -hmm. device um 
twice the, the internal capacity, which is now 64 gigs as opposed to 32 gigs. Mm -hmm. Um, it weighs slightly more. And, um, like I said, it's, it is got that OLED, uh, uh, screen. Um, it also has a new dock. It's a kind of a off white dock. Um, same, uh, same. Oh, it does have, oh, sorry. It also, the main device has improved sound and a full length kickstand that is adjustable that you could. So typically with a Nintendo switch, like if this is the back, it just has a one kind of kickstand. It's like a little leg. Well, now it's going to have, I'm doing uh, hand motions on, on YouTube. It's going to have like a full tilt, full length yeah. tilting, uh, kickstand that is adjustable. Um, so you can have different view kind of different, uh, uh, points of view with the screen. Um, like I said, it improved audio. When you dock it, for those of you hardcore gamers that really care, on the back of the dock, it will have a port for Cat 6 connection. So you can actually hardline your Switch uh, now to for, for gaming. And uh, like I said, we've talked about this before, JR, is Nintendo wants to get that niche audience. They're not going to get the Call of Duties. They're not going to get the battlefronts, um, oh, but they are starting to get the, the 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 sports simulator. They are getting the Fortnite. Um, obviously, they have the built-in audience with Pokemon, Mario, and Zelda. Mm -hmm. Metroid's coming out, which, by the way, it's going to come out. This this new Switch is going to come out in October, right around the time as as Metroid Prime, or yeah, that what it is called. Yeah, Metroid. Um, something I forgot the name of it. The name's yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, it, it's yeah. for fifty bucks more, and it's worth yeah. it. No, the, like the biggest selling point. Of this the biggest selling point of this is having the OLED screen. For those who don't know the OLED screen, that's probably shoot. I'd say the biggest selling point is the kickstand. <laughs> One of the biggest selling points, the OLED screen, no. is possibly, quite honestly, man, the a game changer. Because uh, even though the OLED screen back in the day, right, was very much a lot of burn in, a lot of things for that. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is coming from a guy who had a PS Vita. So yeah, I definitely know what the OLED screen, how how very vibrant and bright the OLED screen can can give you your gameplay you should get like it, it back in the day right if you were if you're a heavy enthusiast right of, of of fighting games and all that stuff you of course you'd or you of course you would get like you know crv monitors were yeah. like they were great right the same this is, this is basically the same concept with oled screens were like if you're talking about vibrancy and color and pop specifically if you're a freaking nintendo game right <clears throat> i'm talking about all the zeldas i'm talking about all the marios i'm talking about all of the the way more colorful you know use of you know use of dynamic range of that sense the oled screen is probably right up their alley for 50 dollars more just a little bit more dude you're getting a freaking deal because you like you can yeah. you can find probably find oled screens <laughs> nowadays but to have but they're most likely within the like thousands upon dollars range man and so to have that in a small you know in, in a small like you could bring that anywhere type of game a game device for you man that is a huge win huge win for nintendo man the yeah. OLED screen and as well as the other upgrades for it, man, great, really good for them. I, I want this particular one. I definitely want this particular Nintendo Switch, man, because the kickstand, all that's cool, man. But just for me, gaming yeah, one, specifically, good. if I'm going out somewhere else, dude, that OLED is nice. That OLED is nice. Like I want to see how. I definitely want to see how, um, how you know, Breath of the Wild one and two will look like now, specifically on this screen, because like if I could just like go anywhere you know just have this the the we uh, no, the, have the switch device on me and just, just play a game here or there dude a full-on a full-on you know console device in my hands i just go anywhere 
that's a huge selling point now. So the yeah. OLED is definitely a little more enthusiast friendly, enthusiast friendly in the sense of like wanting, you know, the like the 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 sweeter bells and whistles. That's great. That's a really great win for Nintendo, man. So props out for them, man. That's actually really it's fifty dollars more. So like, like people are gonna buy anyway. I'm pretty sure it's gonna sell out in the first hour when the when the oh yeah. So, but um, I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping to get one. Let me get one. So, yeah. But continue on to get to some more gaming news, guys. Sony has been on a tear recently. Thank God, is that they finally purchased a couple of game studios and are rumored to, and they are rumored to possibly purchase another. So, how smart? Like, and the the studios that I'm going to be talking about, other than maybe one or two, I think the one actually, feels like they should have done a long time ago, right? So. Recently, Sony's purchased in the last about two weeks now, Housemark. Housemark, of course, they just made a game called Returnal. Uh, they've been with the Sony. They've been with the Sony brand for over 20 years now, if I remember correctly. I think the their first game was Super Stardust on two, on on PS3. Yes, and so yeah, they just did Returnal. They did Donation, which was actually my favorite game from them. Resogun as well, and so they're much the arcade platform type. Uh, they're the arcade guys. But now the but now since the um, the actual like since the um, the success of Returnal coming into the fray and like just how all the, just how that is a huge marquee game, uh, Sony's like all right cool we're gonna buy you guys up we'll we'll do your thing so now I'm so happy for the guys in Housemark that they're able to do whatever the hell they want to do and just and they're giving the money and then not worry about the money not worry about you know all the stuff they need to worry about when you are a third party developer so I'm happy for them great for them. And Sony has also bought a company, which, uh, which, which is kind of interesting to me. They bought Next Software. Next Software, they mo- they're mainly known for porting a bunch of like console games onto PC. They work with Eidos. Uh, they work with Eidos Software. They work with Square Enix, I think, and they worked with, uh, with um, uh, the guys who made Tomb Raider. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, but yeah, they they're mainly known for porting console games onto PC. So I'm guessing this is just basically a in-house type of purchase for Sony. Where all right, cool, they got someone, they got someone now that can that has dealt exclusively exclusively with just porting over games to PC instead of having someone in-house in their own studios do that themselves and you know and try to try to manage resources there. So that's cool. Um, I do know that we we have a, we've had news where. A bunch of a bunch of PlayStation games that are still very much exclusive to the PlayStation brand are making its way over to the PC side. Uh, Dead Stranding being the I think one of the very first, Horizon Zero Dawn being being one there as well. Um, another zombie game called um, uh, Days Gone has recently been ported over. So rather than the studios that made them pouring them over, they'll have, it's looking like now that Snake Software is going to be the studio that Sony will give for them to port over to PC. So that's cool. That's really cool. And um, the cool, the funny thing about it too, about what happened, the purchases this week is that <clears throat> when the, when news of Housemark of being bought by Sony has put out their Japan studios, right? Usually in all their Twitter feeds and all that stuff, right? They would say all oh, things, you know, what was the family, all that stuff, right? Well, Japan studios, they kind of messed up. And they put out the, they put out the welcome, you know, the, the font of like, welcome to the family, all that stuff, right? But instead of putting Housemark key, Housemark's name, they put Bluepoint Studio. Bluepoint Studio is another, Oops. and Bluepoint Studio is another studio that has worked extensively with Sony before, we're doing all the remasters like they did they just recently did uh demon souls ps5 they did shadow Colossus remastered i think they did a couple more too after that i think ico 
as well. And uh, it, they kind of let loose to saying, hey, Blue Point Studio, welcome to the family. So it's, it's more than likely that Blue Point Studio is going to be is going to be purchased by Sony. So that is friggin awesome because I am super excited for they're the guys that deserve all the credit and deserve to have their own game type of thing. They deserve to have to, to make a new game and not just remasters. So I'm super excited for for the inevitable news that Blue Point Studio is going to is going to be a Sony's a first party Sony Studios and making their own freaking IP soon. Man, so I'm hope I'm happy about that, dude. <clears throat> um what else? What else there? Oh, and and it's this actually comes in in context where uh people are saying that oh this is a shot these are shots back to Microsoft because you know how Microsoft has has you know per, had been on this buying spree of buying yeah. left and right and they of course that huge purchase of buying bethesda by for like quite a few billion dollars and this is coming in a uh in a in a recent article slash interview where a where i forgot the interviewer's name but they actually they asked sony about you know about how does how do you feel about you know about microsoft buying all these studios about this studio about amazon coming to play google coming to play you know all these studios being bought up and sony has remained adamant by saying no we're not an arms race we're not an arms race we're, we've been doing things that we've been the way we've been doing it and i'm happy about that because these names specifically housemark and blue point make sense it's, it will be like it will be like um like if like the pixar disney type of thing like if if pixar was still somehow third party right yeah and that, you know, and that Disney finally comes in and say, hey, be part of the family, right? That would make sense type of thing, right? And so this is very much that same essence of Housemark, uh, Blue Point Studio. And of course, the year before the year before this, they bought Insomniac Games, which they made uh they made Spider-Man, uh, the recent Spider-Man, I was about to say trilogy, the recent Spider-Man iterations of 2018 Spider-Man and Miles Morales Spider-Man. So it would just make sense. It makes sense. These are these are smart plays. They're not going crazy and trying, you know, trying to buy a Bethesda or a another billion dollar company. Um, you know, it's a possibility that they might, but then we, we have yet they have yet to be seen. <clears throat> but yeah, it makes sense. It's not they're not in a quote unquote arms race with Microsoft, nor, nor do they want to be. You can't outbuy Microsoft. We understand that. Nope. You can't outbuy the big the big boys. So what you have to do is actually look for, you know, the uh, the studios that you had constantly been working with and see, you know, where can you develop that relationship with? So that's cool with that, man. Hey, Kevin. Yes, sir. I know you haven't been really playing a lot of PS4, just games in general as of late. Well, I, was play- I was playing a little uh, Miles Morales before okay. uh, you signed on. Mm, oh, cool, 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 cool. Have you ever heard of Ghost of Tsushima? I have not, but I have a feeling I'm going to get educated right about now. <laughs> My dude, so one Ghost of Tsushima originally came out in 2019. For those who don't know Ghost of Tsushima, it is a historical tale. Well, semi-historical. It ta- it is a uh, it is a period piece tale of when the Hmong, when the when the Hong Dynasty, the Hong Dynasty, the um the Mongols, uh, okay, the Mongols try to go to Japan and try to conquer Japan, right? And one, and you are playing as a samurai. I forgot the name of his, it was, uh, the name. His first name escapes me. But you're playing a samurai who then is going to try and protect his land. And good God, is this game amazing? 
Good God, is like it's it's very you talk we, we talked about Kurosawa films in the beginning. Yeah, this is a Kurosawa film played in video game format. Played in video game form. Yeah, dude, like it, it is the guys who made this is a uh, Sucker Punch, which is a Sony studio. They recently came out and said they're gonna make a director's cut announcement, or where they're making Gosushima is director cuts uh, is gonna be a director cut where it's adding a you know is adding another island, is adding better Japanese uh, dialogue lip sync, which is great. They're uh, they're going to include for the PS5 upgrades. They're including the whole thing of 4K. They're going to do 60 frames per second. You know, haptic feedback, depth triggers, 3D audio integration, all that stuff. I'm pretty sure Kevin has yet to hear of any of that stuff. So when I bring over my PS5 and inevitably get him have him play Miles Morales, we're going to do the thing. We're going to where we're going to have his PS4 play Miles Morales and my PS5 plays Miles Morales. And so we'll, we'll, he'll see the difference. He'll see the differences there. Yeah, we'll do a little side by side action. <laughs> but. Yeah, man, just overall, like, I knew this was coming in the sense of, like, you know, we're going to have these director cuts games. We're going to have these, rem- these quote-unquote remastered games for the PS5 because of how close the PS5 was released to these other games in initial release dates. But, man, like, the amount of stuff that I, that's coming out from just this expansion pack, I'll just call it that, this expansion pack, is pretty astounding, man, because... Uh, the, the the Sucker Punch has done a great job of adding newer content into their game, Ghost of Tsushima, by, by adding in Legends, which came in free. Legends is a multiplayer mode for it. They added on a bunch of other stuff. They added on, like, they added on um, the, um, uh, the, the photo mode. They added on so many, so many other things. And now they're, it's looking like it's going to trying to, they're going to try to really focus on the PS5 iteration of it, where then, all right, cool, all the stuff that was, that is specifically designed for a PS5 is now going to be in it with this game. So I'm cool with that, man. I will say the pricing for this game is kind of weird. Like it's again, the, the director's cut is, gonna, is coming out on PS4 and PS5. So if you're getting the PS4 director's cut it's $59.99, right? For if you never own the game at all, right? But if you do own the game on PS4, it is a $20 upgrade. From your okay. original game, from your original game that you bought, okay, a PS5 director cut is sixty nine ninety nine, right, seventy bucks, <clears throat> and is a thirty dollar up- and is a thirty dollar upgrade to upgrade to PS5 if you own the PS4 version of it, right? But if you phone the PS4 version of the director's cut and want to upgrade it to the PS5 director cut, it's ten dollars. So it's kind of weird. I know it's, it sounds like a mouthful because it is. If you have yet, if you don't own the game at all and want it on PS5, it's going to cost you seventy bucks. That's okay. It, right? I think I, I I got the game already, and I think I paid about forty dollars right when it first came out. No, when it first when I inevitably, inevitably bought it because like again that was at that time where like I was gonna I was not gonna buy a game until I have a PS5, and so one of those games in that time frame was Ghost of Tsushima, and so. I, I had to wait for quite a while, and then when I when I got my PS5, I finally bought Ghost of Tsushima. I was I was playing, th- I'm still playing through it. I would just let that people know I'm still playing through it. And then I heard this come out. I'm not playing anymore. I'm waiting for the PS5 version. <laughs> I'm waiting for the PS5 version to come out, which is gonna it's gonna come out this August 20th. So I'll definitely let you guys know because I will say, as a person who does who does own a PS5, the upgrades that are specifically on the PS5 console already for me feels like it's worth it because dude 3d audio haptic feedback um uh, lip sync all that stuff is definitely a great thing to have uh, and again 
uh, I know we, uh, I know for me specifically, I've always been one to be very consumer focused. And so, yeah, this kind of, this type of like pricing is kind of weird in that sense. Hey, I'm just going to say, Hey man, like, uh, make your own judgment on this for me as a fan of the game already. I know for me, I'm going to buy it. If you, if you're coming in saying, dude, I don't know if I'm freaking pay $70, then don't, you don't need to pay $70, man. Look at someone else play it. You know, look at, yeah, look at one of us play or whatever. And yeah, make your own decisions from that, man. So I know for me, dude, I'm a huge fan of samurai films. I'm a huge fan of samurai genre and seeing this come out and seeing how the game freaking plays so nicely. Yeah. I I'm waiting for the PS5 director's cut version. Any thoughts on this, my friend? No, I'm just, I think I finally understand the pricing point. So, um, you know, I'm just going to have to wait. So I'll have to check out like a trailer or something. Of it. I'm not familiar with, with the game, uh, but it sounds intriguing. Dude. But I think there's a game that's coming out or coming out again, I guess, so to speak, that I probably know more about, about it, having never played a minute of it. And that is the now legendary Hindenburg of video games. Cyberpunk 2077 is back in the PlayStation Store after being removed. What seems like, oh, it's been gone for six months. I was going to say, it seems like it's been gone for a couple months. Uh, this has been pulled from the PS, uh, PS5 store. The CD Projekt Red has been greenlit to re-release their troubled game back into the store. Uh, Jared, this is, again, a game that we have talked about extensively uh, throughout this very podcast since mm-hmm. almost day one. Uh, matter of fact, I mean, one of our early episodes, we mentioned about how geeked you were for this game and then slowly but surely as it got closer to it coming out you got became nervous and then when it came out you're like oh crap i had every right to be nervous uh but it seems like they at least got some of the bugs worked out maybe they've added some new features to it to kind of spice it up a little bit but 20 cyberpunk is back in the ps5 store uh in a recent interview with ceo adam uh has uh, been translated to reveal some insight to their progress. Quote, we have already achieved a satisfactory level in the regard of of stability. We have also been working on the overall efficiency, and we are also quite happy about it. Of course, we also removed bugs and glitches, and we will continue to do that. Um, I think, JR, once again, this is in the same vein of the Avengers game that they announced was in production, a lot of hype behind it. Let's get it out to appease the fans, and we'll just work out the bugs as, as they come along. And that wasn't the case for either, either franchise. I personally enjoyed the Avengers. I know you personally did not enjoy Cyberpunk, um, but uh, both of them could have used another year probably in production. But like you said, mm-hmm. when there's a lot of things, when it's, it doesn't kind of, whether it's doing a TV show, a movie or a video game, it doesn't matter. Production delays can kill a movie, can kill a video game, can kill a, kill a TV show. But at the same time, you know, it also can kill a TV show, a movie, and a video game. Bad production value. Yeah. Um, and I think that Cyberpunk 2077, you know, what, you know what the best thing that could have happened for that video game? Delayed. It's no delayed. one ever fucking talked about it. If you are not ready to put a game... So that's the thing. A trailer, okay, a trailer is made, 
Okay. A trailer is made when you go into post-production. It's one of the first things you do. You start putting together some of the best stuff that you've edited already and you put it into a little, a little scissor reel mm-hmm. and you, and you put it out there. That's what a trailer was. A trailer was some of the best clips that we've already edited, put it together, give the fans an idea, a little, a little, a little taste of what is to come. Okay. But no cyberpunk, what they did with cyberpunk was all but released the damn video game in, in E3 2019 and said, hey, it's coming summer 2020. And they weren't even, they weren't damn ready. They were not ready. This would be like if if they shot Avengers Endgame in January of this year and said, We're gonna meet a we're gonna we're gonna have it out by the fourth of July. Yeah. No damn well, you know damn well that, that is not gonna happen. I mean, yeah, he, to use that as an example, they shot Infinity War and Endgame back to back because they knew they needed to capitalize on the overall yeah. productivity of their production value. And, 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 and capitalize of having all those bodies in one place and have all the editors working together for a seamless story. If you don't have anything to put out, don't put it out. We don't know about it. We can be naive. We can put our heads in the, in the, in the ground. The thing about that, though, is that the, the game, right, Cyberpunk 2077, wasn't production, quote-unquote production, or at least pre-production since like 2013. Like it's been in pre-production since. The oh, PS- then, bro, you've got nothing to do. PS- you've got nothing to to talk about. You should just. I'm then I'm talking to the cyberpunk production. If you've been working on this game for for quite over seven years, yeah, and this is what you came out with, yeah, here, you should yeah. quit what you're doing. Well, here's the thing for that. Like, like uh, I go back to a a very famous Miyamoto uh, Shigeru Miyamoto quote. For those who don't know, Miyamoto was basically the grandfather of Nintendo. And like he said before, a delayed game is a delayed game can eventually be good, but a bad game will be bad forever. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, he's so, absolutely right. And so, like, this just reminds you that Zelda like, 2. I, I mean, he, the thing about it too is that uh, Cyberpunk 2077, right? The amount of animosity or the amount of bad faith now that, is, that has garnered up is astounding. Because like every patch, and uh, so the the reason why the why the game is now back on the PS Store, PlayStation Store, is because they recently released a patch. I forgot I forgot which actual patch it was, but it's for the PS4. It's for the PS4, um, and you know older consoles, right? Last gen consoles yeah. for it's for basically for it to run the game, right? For it to run, right? I played the PS4 version of it. It ran like trash. It still kind of does run like trash. And that, like, it would crash every hour or so, right? I think I played yeah. the game three hours. Every hour it crashed back when, back when I got it. <clears throat> and 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 so the frame rates and all that stuff, all the choppiness was still there when I initially played it. Now they have put out to the I'll point. I'll be right like, back, JR. Yeah, I'm going to go on a rant, voice, bro. Vo- voice of reason, AFK for a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go on a rant. So, 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 yeah, go ahead. You're good. But, yeah, when I when the first – when um, when the game came out, it was choppy as hell. It was pretty freaking bad. And this is coming from a fan of CD Projekt Red. I love their Witcher series. I, I loved... Hell, I love playing Gwent, too. So, like, I wanted them to succeed because this is where they, these were the guys that had all the good, all the right answers, all the good things to do. They were very... They were... Um, they still kind of are um, um, consumer-friendly. They wanted, they wanted it to be not about, you know, on corporations and all that stuff and so these are the guys that had their all the right answers these were the chosen ones specifically of the game space and then they released cyberpunk 
and it wasn't that great. It was horrible. And every every quote unquote promise that they've made about this game has been horrendous. And not just that, if the game was horrendous, all right, we can deal with that. But the way then that they treated their employees in the process of this was absolutely freaking horrendous as well. And from the stories, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before in the podcast, that the that from a employee level, right, there was no actual there was no actual um, conversations or there's no actual like, you know, uh, ordinance of goals or expectation levels that could ever be matched from what the uh, the higher ups wanted right like it was insane like the higher ups had these cr- crazy lofty ass goals of releasing this game at a certain date and the guys and the employees were like no man it's we're in coronavirus we're in a pandemic we can't do that we, we we're working from home we can't do all this stuff and so yeah that too kind of really like hand it home like really put it on home like damn that's freaking pretty horrible and so when the game came out it's trash it's it's better trash now, but it's still pretty trash. One specifically because the PC version is always gonna be the best version of the game because that's what the that is what the game was made for. The PC version of the game originally the game was made for at the highest highest freaking highest capability of PC that you can have for this game, right? Now, for me who has a PS5 now playing this game, playing the more recent patch, it runs decent. It runs better. I'll say that. Is they have yet to give a PS5 or next gen patch for us because they needed this patch first. And hearing all these talks about status being, you know, like, oh, the game runs satisfactory now, man. I'm like, just shut up and just play and just fucking just make the game. Or just 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 shut up and just put this out, dude. I know this is a, a talking point anyway. They need because somebody needed a talking point to have. But like honestly, at this point, man, like dude, shut the fuck up and just just work on your game. And it's it's hard for me as a fan to take anything they say serious now because in the same time frame they're coming out with a freaking augmented reality mobile game called Witcher the Witcher Monster Hunter Slayer, which is a, a horrible take of honestly if I'm being if I'm being you know severely honest see Pokemon Go right yeah but how how do you have how are how how do you as a company in good faith. Knowing the fact the fucking dumpster fire that you had as as known as Cyberpunk 2077, say, all right, guys, let's make a new PS, let's make a new mobile game now. <laughs> I don't care how long to this game has been in development for. If if you know for a fact, if you know for a damn fact that you just had some a lot of ill will put now put out to the universe now because of the game that you put out, the promises that were broken to the fans, myself included, and then you want to put out a Witcher Monster Slayer game. Like who's gonna be on that? Honestly, who's gonna be on that? Like I know for me, dude. If I if if coming from the fact that the news came out that if your your game on consoles is unplayable, I'm not gonna want to play your your mobile game, <laughs> as well as all the other stuff that's that's uh, that has come to to play too now because supposedly, you know, people uh, there is a there there was a back hack where. If you were on PC, hackers could have could have uh, could have um, backdoored your game thing and got your information. And so, it's kind of kind of crazy to think that. And like, I don't know. It's just I don't know how I don't know what type of goodwill you're trying to put trying to put out there when you're when you're basically splitting up uh, splitting up um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? When you're splitting up uh, resources on like on two games, and then you're trying to put out, oh guys, remember Witcher? Yeah, hey guys, remember the Witcher? Here, man, this is a, this is a mobile game. Remember the Witcher, one of the greatest games of a, of the PS4 era? Here, guys, Monster Hunter, Monster Slayer. Please forget about Cyberpunk 2077. Stop it, bro. Stop it. Just fix your game. Fix it. I do want to play it. I do want to finish it. But even on PS5, every hour I play it, it doesn't finish because it's still broken. So <laughs> it is. Well, uh, I'm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, before we JR blows a gasket, um, mm-hmm. and and we should always just we wish limit his discussion time on t- Cyberpunk because it just gets him upset. Now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you, you bring great insight into the game because, like I said, we've we've really just in the life of this podcast over the course of the last fifty-one weeks, we have we have lived the life of this game, and so it's oh, man. you know we just it's we we want to see it succeed, but it's just it's not helping itself. Um, well, as we bring this episode to a close, I know that there was something that was not added. Mm. To the to the script because Jr. I know wrote the script uh, over the weekend, yep. and this news broke just yesterday, and that is one of the greatest directors in Hollywood history passed away oh, at the age of ninety one yesterday, and really and truly, had it not been for this man, I don't think we're sitting here talking about podcast about nerd stuff and comic book movies. There would be probably no. Marvel Cinematic Universe, there'd be no DCEU, there'd be no Arrowverse, there would be, uh, I, I don't know, it just really would not have happened. The godfather of the modern comic book movie uh, genre passed away yesterday at the age of 91, and that was Richard Donner. And you're going, like, who? Richard Donner was the director behind the original Christopher Reeve Superman movies, um, to the point where there actually is probably has one of the most talked about director's cuts this side of Zack Snyder. Um, the Donner cut of Superman 2 um, is available, I think, on most video games, uh, video streaming platforms uh, or sorry, video purchasing platforms. Um, I know that Superman 2 kind of uh, kind of fell off um, uh, when it came to uh, uh, the quality of the movie. Um, of course, the original... I'm trying to look it up on IMDb. The original Superman movie um, was directed in 1978, um, and I believe, much like, um, much like uh, uh, the the Zack Snyder, the, the Justice League, um, Richard Donner did not direct Superman two. He direct uh, was directed by Richard Lester. And that's why they call the there's the there's the uh, Richard Donner cut of the movie that came out, uh, uh, I think, a few years ago. But uh, Superman two came out in 1980, uh, and then of course he came. Um, I think he came back and did Superman three. I'm not 100 percent sure. No, he did not do Superman three. Uh, but he also did movies like The Goonies. Um, he also did Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon two and three. Um, he did a, a couple episodes of Tales from the Crypt back in the late 80s. Um, he also directed the uh, Goonies Are Good Enough for You uh, vi- uh, uh, music video for Cindy Lauper. Um, he also did Scrooge, which I think is with uh, Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, Maverick. Um, 
with uh um oh my goodness and i can't think of his name um uh it'll come to me here so mel mel gibson and um james garner uh he also did a conspiracy theory and his last movie which came in 2006 was called 16 blocks uh, but uh, a legendary career is arguably uh, probably one of the, uh, the, the best genre uh, directors uh, in cinema history. Um, really enjoyed the Lethal Weapon series. Obviously, the Superman 1 and 2, he uh, did a great job on. Uh, but Richard Donner, like I said, had it not been for him, really and truly, I, I don't think we would have the modern uh, comic book um, the modern comic book uh, genre uh, uh, in movies. Um, you know, obviously he did Superman in 1978 and then it took them nearly uh, 11 years, almost to the date to do a Batman movie. And that of course was uh, Batman 89, Tim Burton. And then, then we were just off of the races. People will credit Tim Burton and that Batman for launching the, um, the, the, the superhero genre, but really and truly, JR, I think you would agree with this is that the Christopher Reeves Superman back in the 1970s was shoot, they made a man fly. Um, you know, uh, and uh, and really and truly, we would not have done, like I said, we would not have Tim Burton's Batman without Superman. And then going forward, we wouldn't have, I, I honestly believe that we wouldn't have gotten Spider Man and yep. X Men without. Batman and you know Batman led into Blade. And there's yeah. it no, yeah, just absolutely. goes down. It's a domino effect. But Richard Donner's a great director. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's definitely one of those things where like you see the amount of people that were inspired by the man and, and yeah. who those people that were inspired and who the inspired was and how they made now the the current MCU and of course the current DC EU as well as all the films before that too. So absolutely, man. Like it's it's definitely Richard Donner, he is definitely planted a lot of seeds within this within just the uh the the moving community in general yeah and so absolutely we lost a great we lost um uh, we lost a heavyweight in this regard and on my hats off to you sir um godspeed to wherever you go and um, yeah yeah man and like Sorry. i said in the jeremy a great point kevin feige came out over the uh, uh, uh this morning and said that um you know he uh, he got to work with Richard Donner on a, a couple of projects um, and really kind of helped him. And actually, I think they said that he actually, if I'm not mistaken, um, he doesn't get credit for, I don't think, let me look, but um, you look as a producer. No, he, had, he actually is a producer on X-Men x-men origins wolverine hmm. um and oh, of all things funny too uh any given sunday um but uh, yeah yeah uh but no that they they um because i know that kevin feige i believe if i'm not mistaken a look up on imdb uh, again is i think um if i'm not mistaken i think feige that was one of the first big um movies that he produced in the genre um was was brian singer's uh, original x-men series yeah. um but uh, i know that he said kevin feige spoke this morning uh, via social media that um yeah kevin feige stanley uh and and richard donner all listed as 
executive producers on, on the original uh, X-Men movie. Whom, of course, but, X-Men, X-Men won with Famke Johnson, not Vera Famiga. There you go. Brought it full circle, bro. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, Feige talked about how uh, that he was very inspired by Richard Donner and yeah. and they, they worked together on, on different projects. And, and I think he said he took one of his classes or something. I don't know. Yeah. Nonetheless, uh, hats off to you, sir. Again, Godspeed to him and, and his family. Uh, 91. He lived a good one. And you can't, mm-hmm. he, he, there's nothing to, uh, to laugh about 91 years yeah. uh, on this earth. So congratulations on all your success. And uh, my, uh, can, again, my condolences to his family. And uh, yeah, well, I don't mean to end it on a downer, but, uh, uh, but I think there's no other better way than uh, to dedicate episode 51 to the legendary Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. And let us know in the comments below, what's your favorite Richard Donner movie? Is it, is it the Goonies? Is it Superman one? Is it the Lethal Weapon movies um, or Conspiracy Theory? That was a great flick back in the day. Um, maybe it yeah. doesn't hold up to this day. I know people are kind of hot and cold about Mel Gibson, but uh, back in 1997, that was a great flick. Yeah, and um, and that was it. Really, kind of made you think a little. Um, but nonetheless, guys, thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, we will bring you a wrap up of episode five of Loki coming out later this week, and mm-hmm. we are still in debate about what we're going to do with episode 52. If we are going to do a black widow recap, um, I think we'll play it by ear. See yeah. if they want to do the hashtag don't spoil black widow for us campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, guys enjoy the rest of your week. Happy belated independence day. Um, and uh, to all of our friends uh, who are listening to us over in the UK scoreboard bros. Um <laughs> I had to say, oh, I saw God. so many. This is Jerry. This is Jerry, and I do not approve this message. <laughs> I saw so many people this this past week uh, say "Happy Treason Day," you uh, you ungrateful colonials, and I thought, you know, I I ain't mad at it. I I, I got no problem with that. It's it's yeah. it's all a good fun. But uh, Happy <laughs> Independence Day! Thank you to all the men and women of the armed forces that make this, you know uh, this country if free. They, so. if they said that, bro. You know what? Yeah, scoreboard, bitch, scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, have a great one. He is Jared Kambakunga in The Dark King. I am the voice of reason, Kevin Pillow. As always, be nice uh, to everyone. Wear your damn masks when you're Mm -hmm. out in public. Yes, still, we're talking about that. And, of course, as always, peace. Peace.